Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, this is Howard Jones. You're listening to The Blend with Steve Bones. Welcome to the latest edition of The Blend. My name is Steve Benz, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago. Ooh, we've got a special treat for you today. My good friend and frenemy, or whatever it is that we like to call ourselves, uh, the original member of the band, When in Rome. He is doing more, more, more than you can ever, uh, ever imagine. I like to call him, uh, let's see, Commodore. That's what I like to do. Let's welcome Commodore Clive Farrington back to the show. Clive, how are you, my friend? Hi, good afternoon from uh, California. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Thank you. You know, you had to rub that in that you're in California and I'm here stuck in Chicago. Must you always do that, my friend? Yeah, it's such a beautiful place to be. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm very, very lucky. I count myself uh, very, very lucky to be here. Now, you've worked on many, many projects, but I have not seen you this excited since your release of Independence, your solo CD. So you've got a project coming out, so I will not step on your toes. Please, oh, please tell us what you're working on right now. I don't want to come across like a Kanye West where I'm begging for money or anything like that. It's a kickstart. No, I'll do that. I'll do that for you. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's a really serious project. I want to bring music back to the mainstream. Um you, you know, I, I remember getting excited back in the day, rushing home on a Thursday night to watch Top of the Pops, and it was such a, uh, a, a really exciting time, and you saw all the new bands, and, and, and at that time, bands actually bothered to dress up and get a bit theatrical about it. Nowadays, mm-hmm. bands have kind of lost it a little bit, but um, I want to bring that theatrical a bit of the music business back, and uh, I, I've uh, put um, a, a campaign together with Orange County Films, and um, Gina DiBella and Gary Nordine are executive producers on the show. Um, on the proposed show, I should say, we've put a Kickstarter campaign together to raise money to to, to create the pilot. We've already got the uh, the use of uh, downtown LA, the LA Exchange in LA, um, and uh, we've got DJ Michaelis on board, a really brilliant DJ from uh, from California. Uh, he's actually on tour in Indonesia at the moment, and uh, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'm starting doing some more promo with me. Uh, so we're, we're trying to raise funds to bring music back to the mainstream. Of course, we're going to YouTube, and we're going to hit all the, the mm-hmm. major um, social media sites and everything else, uh, but, but we really want to bring it back to the mainstream. Uh, I think the most important thing for me, I don't hear uh, you know, the, the record-buying public or the people that are into music uh, shouting, uh, you know, talking in pubs anymore, saying, oh, I can't wait to 
to get home to, to log into YouTube, they're already logged into YouTube on the phones and stuff. So the, the, the excitement has been taken out of music by having too much of it, if you like, I, th I think, because everybody's got access on the phones. I mean, I, I'm out sometimes and people are trying to explain my songs to people and they just log straight onto YouTube and bring up my video and stuff. Right. So, you know, I think it's too accessible. They've made it too accessible. The musical freedom is too too accessible, of course. You know, it's good in some respects that the bands can actually release their own stuff um, on the internet. But you, you know, you kind of it's, it's kind of a losing battle. You can, of course, you can gain fans that way, but you've not got the the clout of the record companies anymore. You've not got the you know, if you if you've not got a marketing budget of over a million dollars, you've got no chance in this business. Um, all the bands that I know of that that come from my era have released albums over the past couple of years, and and they're all great albums. Um, and uh, but but they don't have the marketing clout like Bieber and Swift and and, and Kanye have got. Um, I, I think I think it's most important that we bring it back to where it was. Get the A and R men out of their offices and not watching YouTube every day for the late for the next for the latest flame. Um, so, you know, so give me the give me the the overall view of what this project is. So you're talking about bringing music back to television. So Television, you you stream or uh, YouTube, etc. So, what's the format of the show? Are, are you just talking about doing eighties, nineties? What is the actual mix of the program well, that you're, thought, you're looking for? Well, you know, this was not really my idea. My first idea was to bring back shows like we used to have a show back in the UK called The Hitman and Her, where um, Pete Walker, Waterman from PWL, uh, a company called PWL, who who released a, you spin me around like a record. You, right. He's one of their right. first record, well, one of their first first big hits now this guy used to run around the club every weekend and we used to go out to the, say for instance the hacienda you'd come back at 2 a.m in the morning and pete waterman would be running around the club with a, a lady called michaela strachan in the audience and she'd be getting the audience involved with what's happening in new music all the new dance it looks very very cheesy now when you watch it but if we bring the format up to date we we do a live show from from la exchange okay uh, for instance got it and we have somebody like yourself or myself uh, on, on stage and, and talking with the DJ and, and then we, we cut to uh, a really pretty lady out in the audience talking to the, the, whoever's at the club dancing away and, and asking how they're enjoying it and blah, blah, blah. You know, really getting the people involved with the music scene again. I, I mean, I grew up in a great time. I mean, to go back to the format again, so what, what my guys, my producers have, have uh, come up with is, is, is tying 80s out. Because, of course, we, we're... We all believe uh, that, that uh, uh, most people believe, or, or people from the 80s believe, that the 80s was the greatest period of music as far as uh, melodical content and lyrical content is concerned. I mean, arguably, yeah, yeah. I mean, the young kids would probably say, blah, that's no, not right or whatever. But generally, people that came from the 80s believe that the 80s was a great period of music. So what we've, um, what we've come up with is bringing 80s, 80s artists on board, and we already have Wang Chung, Naked Eyes, mm -hmm. Missing Persons, awesome. Annabella, um, and, and bringing them on board, getting them involved with the EDM crowd. Okay. Now, this, uh, I, I, I'm sure this is what you, you, you're getting to. Yep. Electronic dance music is what's happening right now in the clubs. Everybody's dancing to electronic dance music. Now, I'm lucky to have been, grown up throughout Acid House at the Hacienda and all the way through house music and... I know all of the DJs from that period. And the new style of dance music is EDM, and there's all different styles of EDM, and, and I couldn't mention all of them. 
You know, I mean, I, I've talked to some new DJs now, and they mention stuff that I've never heard of. But yeah, it, it's uh, there's a certain genre called trap, which is big as well. So, so but generally, EDM is what's happening in the club. So, what we're going to do is marry the '80s, which will make it familiar to uh, the older generation, if you like, and bring it kicking and screaming into the 21st century, and, okay. and uh, marry the two together, uh, and and. Uh, you know, and hit all of the, um, you know, the different genres. Right. So I get, I get where you're going. Eighties music, as much as as we bash the crap out of it, because we do. That's what we do. Yep. It is the top listened to radio format on the planet. Eighties music. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, the teenage kids are listening to it. I could talk about my kids. They hear Van Halen and they think it's brand new stuff. And they want to hear a little different twist to it. So now we're marrying two generations into this. So I get it. I get where you're going. I, I get what you're trying to do. And I'm in full support of that because I can certainly see where it is uh, sit-down television, YouTube, whatever it is, I want to see it and I want to hear the mix of it and how it, how that all works. And my generation who was sitting out in the clubs and stuff, we might call it house here in Chicago, house music, techno, whatever it is. But that's the music that I remember in the clubs. It absolutely is the music taking that song and putting that beat to it. I'm I'm all in, my friend. Thank you so much. You know, no, I I think uh, because I grew up through all of that period, and of course, I read all the books about the running of the Hacienda and mm-hmm. Tony Wilson and. Um, the girl of that period, and of course, that New Order are touring at the moment. So, all of these bands from the eighties that were signed to, band, to, to labels like Factory are still relevant. So, so if they are still relevant, but not got the marketing, uh, you know, the way they make money now is obviously, obviously by touring. Record companies are not behind them anymore because they don't want to take the punt because record companies are run by banks and and uh, financial institutions are very very wary about spending money. So. Um, especially on acts that have already been the flavor of the month or flavor of the year back in the 80s. Um, so, so bands like New Order are making money on touring. Uh, but, but you know what? We, we, we need to make, bring the excitement back. We need to, because they are still relevant, they're obviously still relevant because people still go to see these acts. Right. So let's make them even more relevant by bringing them into the EDM scene. I'm sure, that, you know, the New Order stuff, all the New Order stuff, that's been remixed by EDM DJs all over the world. So, all the, you know, 80s music, 90s music, you know, any genre of music is still relevant if it's great music. You know, it's like classical music. I've spoken to you about this before. Classical music is still relevant because good classical music is is still very, very relevant. Sure. And it's the same for any genre. Yep, yep, yep. And there's nothing wrong with taking a genre and putting a, a modern twist to it. I mean, come on. Absolutely. I listen to people bitch and moan and say, I hate 70s music, and then we could rattle off 10 great bands. I hate 80s oh. music. We could rattle off Absolutely. 10 more bands, 90s bands, yeah. all of it. Even you, only each- need, you, you only need one band from the 70s, Roxy Music, mate, and that, you know, that, that does it for me. Right there. There's a band right there that has now gone 40 years, and they're still relevant. There's there's our point exactly. And if you can take one of their songs and reformat it and still leave the vocals or what have you, there's your show. That's worth watching. That's worth viewing. 
yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it, it's weird, the craft work is always in the mix on these kind of shows as well, because craft work, obviously, we're a 70s electronic band who are still very, very, very relevant today. And you name any DJ that doesn't like craft work, every, every DJ that you could, you would name, any EDM DJ um, you talk to, you can guarantee, of course, there's going to be one in the world somewhere <laughs> that doesn't like craft work. But, you, you know, generally you bump into an EDM DJ and, and mention craft work and uh, uh-huh. their eyes light up. Um, so uh, another band that's still really very relevant and another band that's just about to tour. Now I'm going to throw some, a fact at you. Okay. Yeah. For all the listeners out there that think, uh, I'm crazy. I am a huge monster doors fan. Always were Jim Morrison. There's the poet of the world. Okay. (laughs) And I believe it's 1969 in an article. I could be wrong. Could be 68. He He talked about EDM, that it was going to happen in an article. Now, just a historical perspective of that. So you talk about the 60s and even the the history of EDM and even that article I sent to you. Do you have any commentary on that or even give me a little bit of history of EDM music? Well, it's weird that Jim actually actually, um, prophesied that. It's... uh, I think you can say that for every every generation of music, though. I, I think you can say that there's always somebody that's going to be tinkering away in a bedroom or a garage and coming up with something new and and using new samples and new ideas and everything else. So I, I think what Jim was saying is is that in that era there was somebody that was um, coming up with um, new music that probably was a little bit more electronic than than, than rock music, if you like. Um, which is great. I mean, what what a great thing to have uh, envisaged, and and uh, and it came came absolutely true. So for Jim, I was not a Doors fan, but I, I'm now a Jim Morrison fan because you know he, only yesterday you sent me that link um, about the uh, the article about where where he mentions that he, you know that that, that he prophesized the EDM. Um, I, you know, he's become a, a bit of a hero of mine now, and, he, he, you know, he's kind of a Nostradamus of the music. That is right. So I expect you to put a little uh, EDM to um, Riders on the Storm. Oh, wow, wow. Did you did you hear Andrew's version of Riders on the Storm? Uh, no. Uh, Andrew, your partner in um, Win in Rome. I, you know what? You did post that. I did see it, but I think we need to put a little EDM twist to it, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I'm game for that. We've got Andrew's voice is fantastic on that. It's very, very, um, you know, not without copying Jim and without sounding too much like Jim. It's very Doors-ish, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, mm-hmm. if for want of a better word, it's, uh, it has the, it still has the flavor of the Doors, but has a, a really, really nice kind of trip hop beat to it. So, so uh, they can go to Kickstarter dot com and find your. Do they just search for your name? Is that how they find the project? Yeah, yeah. Just go to Kickstarter and, and then yeah, just phone uh, EDM Project or Clive Farrington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you can find it through any of those kind of. Uh, I mean, I will post the link on my page again today. Sure, and we'll make sure we get that out and about. Now, talking about Andrew and when in Rome, that is your existence. Now, I understand you've got some touring this summer, so people can yep. come out and we, see we, Clive Farrington live. <laughs> Absolutely, Clive and Andrew Farrington Man, original members of When in Rome UK, as we are now called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we, our first show is going to be August the twelfth at the Microsoft Theatre, which is just by the Staples Centre. Um, great show to start off with. Then we move on to Saratoga, and then we're in Lincoln, and uh, 
we end up in Vegas on 10th of September. So there's a, a load of shows. I'll post the shows again, uh, a list of all the shows that we're doing. But all of these shows are going to be Farrington and Man. They're, they're going to be with Andrew. So it's uh, the real when in Rome, if, if you like, the real original uh, founders and singers for when in Rome. Are. So that means, ladies, bring your uh, bras and panties. We expect to see them thrown up on stage. I may show up in Vegas. I think I need to show up in <laughs> Vegas. God. No, I've got a big fan that fans them away again now, so they can't. I've got a big fan behind me that blows all the time so that any knickers or bras thrown up on the stage. So I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll show up with like a big fishing net, so we'll catch them all. <laughs> i put a brick in them. Yes, absolutely. That's what we're going to do, and then that'll be... Uh, We'll we'll take a picture of everything that we catch, and that'll be like the 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 album cover of your next CD. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, right? So then we could see all kinds of shapes and sizes. You know, you've got your uh, I don't know what those sizes are, thirty two B or something like that, and then something of like triple F. <laughs> and we'll get on to your subject sooner or later. But I must say, I do miss our our blend. Um, Broadcast our, our um, what, what do they call them? The Periscope. Right, the Periscope, uh, the uh, the brunch and the blend. Oh, that, that, <laughs> those were fun. Those were fun. <laughs> Absolutely. So and I need to get back out there, and the plan is for me to be back out there again uh, every summer. I get out to Los Angeles for some live shows. So there's so many different things we need to get done. You've got the uh, the tour. You've got the EDM project. Is there new music on the horizon for Clive Farrington, solo-wise? I'm working with, you know what, I'm working with the first three uh, different projects at the moment that, that have, have come to me to, to lay some vocals down on some tracks and stuff. Uh, there's one of them that's really interesting, and I'm, uh, the, the guy's flying out from San Francisco this weekend, I'm going to work a weekend and, and put some vocals down on a track that I've already put a melody down to and some kind of scat vocals to. Uh, and and it, it really does sound brilliant. And uh, you, you know, I'm I'm not expecting to to blow the world away with it, but it's it's, it's, it's as long as I'm still enjoying it. I, I spoke to uh, somebody from my genre the other day. I won't mention any names, but he's from a band that's, uh, that was uh, around the same as mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he just bought an album out, and I just said, you know, without the marketing, you've got no chance these days. But you know, as long as we're both doing it for enjoyment we still enjoy doing it and as long as i'm in the business and i think this uh, edm project is taking me into a part of the business that uh, that i've always wanted to be in and that's the business side of it but still have the empathy with with the artist side of things be, having been an artist i think that is the that's what tony wilson had in factory records he was um he was always into one he was weirdly enough he was never in the band i don't think uh but um he, he, he had the empathy with the bands as well as having, well, not so much of a, a good business head, but hopefully I've learned from the things that he may have done wrong and and uh, and, and and do it hopefully right this time. Uh, but I think the, the the most the most exciting thing about this is that the, the fact that we're, we're taking away. Well, hopefully, hopefully, my my aim is to stop this thing. As I said before. You know, you don't get people coming home excited saying, oh, I can't wait to log on to YouTube because they've already been logged onto it all day at work and stuff. People do it, you know. But, you know I know there's people listening now going, oh, no, we don't log on to YouTube while we're at work. But, you know, people do to, to check out things and everything else. It, it, it's too accessible. I don't think the excitement's there anymore. 
let's bring the excitement back. Let's make, I mean, YouTube's still very relevant. I mean, if we said that we didn't want to put the, this EDN show on YouTube, we'd be foolish. We would have a YouTube channel and everything else. But, uh, you, you know, we, want, we, want, we just want to bring the excitement back into music. Now, a side question on that. Um, you mentioned about a big marketing budget, which is why you're trying to get some money to do the pilot. And it's interesting that, that other singers that I've had on the show, is the drive when you put music together, is the drive still to have you know, a top 10 single? Is that what drives you? Uh, you know, I said, I said, it's a really brilliant and, and uh, fabulously thought-out question. <laughs> um, I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, any artist of any genre, of any age, um, uh, wants to have a top 10 record. Um, but I still believe, I don't believe that, the, 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 for instance, The Promise, which was released in 1987, I don't believe that's a monkey on my back at all. I still think it's very relevant, and and, and I think we're very very lucky in that respect. Mm-hmm. In the in the kind of genre that I'm in, and the bands that I tour with have got the same kind of thing going on. You know, like for instance, An Emotion Obsession, still very relevant. Modern English, uh, Melt with You, very very relevant. All these uh, Human League, Don't You Want Me, still very very relevant. Sure. And the real, sure. the real, the real reason why those songs are very relevant, relevant is because they are fabulous songs, mm-hmm. good songs. I'm not saying my, I'll take mine out of the equation because I shouldn't have said that. That was being a bit facetious and big-headed. But take mine out of the equation. But obsession, melt with you, don't you want me? Um, love action. All of those big tunes are still very relevant because they are fantastic songs. Right, and it gives you that high. Like me and my past shows, I was on the top of the ratings, and I'm always searching for that next high because yep. I don't know if I'll even get that high again, ever, 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 ever. You know, feel that emotion that I had when I opened up Arbitron. I'm like, oh my god, I'm at the top, yeah. or I'm in the top five, or whatever. So I would suspect you, as a performer, you're still looking for that high, and you continue to write music, you continue to go up on stage because it's a high that is unmatched anywhere else in your life. Absolutely. That's why I like going to see bands like the Reflex and the Flux Capacitors and things like that. They're not really tribute acts. They cover bands that do great jobs of original music. Mm-hmm. And people that can't actually get to see these bands, like like Human League and everything else, where the, the tickets may be a little bit expensive. and, and uh, it, it, People can go and see. And I, I actually go and see. I would prefer to go and see a band like the Reflex or Flux Capacitors or, or Flash back heart attack i'd much prefer to go and see those kind of bands than go and see the real thing because you're going to get you're, you're going to get a, every song is going to be a hit song that they, they they do and they do a fantastic job of them mm-hmm. um and it, it's not really copying they're, they're not copying the bands or trying to be phil Oakey, for instance they're not trying to be the front men of these bands they're, they're, they're having fun with it and uh, and it comes across when you're watching them and i'd much prefer to go and have fun watching a band of, uh, like that than, than, than the real thing, where you'd have to probably travel 60 miles to go and see somebody. I can just step out my front door and go to St. Rock up the road and go and see bands like uh, Spasmatics and Flashback Heart Attacks and sure. Reflex. Sure. And- I, would, I would think as a, a star, and let's be clear, you've had, you had three top 40 songs. Okay, I continue to talk about that. Is it weird to watch, you talk about the Reflex and uh, Flex Capacitors, is it weird to ha- to sit in the audience and hear someone else cover your song or perhaps when you heard The Promise performed by someone else in a country 
environment. How weird is that? Yeah, especially when you see it live. We went to Detroit to see Sturgill Simpson to sing that live, and it's uh, magnificent. It's, it's, it's a great. I think Sturgill's really is a, is a, um, it's a it's a weird thing because I think I get, because it's been done it's done in such a different style, and he did it in a key of B, which is two semitones down. Um, or even one semitone down. Right. I'll have to look at the keyboard to check that out. I'm not really a musician and a singer, but um, to, to hear Sturgill's version of The Promise was a real eye-opener and breath, breath of fresh air for me because it's somebody who's done it in a, in a different style. Right. I mean, when you see it, for instance, when the reflex do it, or the flux capacitors, or whatever, I've never seen the reflex do it, do it or flashback, because they, if, I, if I'm, uh, for instance, I did it with them, uh, Nam, um, this past January, uh, with, with flashback heart attack. But generally, if I'm with reflex, I'll, I'll jump up on stage and sing it with them. Um, but the flux capacitors, I, I was out, because I'm on a, a bit of what's known as an exclusion at the moment. I can't do any shows until sure. the first show in... Uh, until you go back on tour, that makes absolute sense. That's pretty yeah, normal. I, I've got to plug a show on the 21st of May with the Yost Theatre with Drama Rama and Annabella and uh, Flock of Seagulls. Um, after the Yost Theatre, uh, I think we're on the street of the Yost Theatre outside. It's a, an 80s festival. So that's going to be the first one. So I'm on a bit of an exclusion before that date. Before the 21st of May, I can't sing it. So I was actually in a club the other week watching... Uh, the Flux Capacitors. Um, Danny Sanchez's New Wave Bar. I give it a plug. It's out in Bellflower. And a uh, great little club. And I was out there and I was invited by the Flux Capacitors to come and see him. And they asked me to go on stage and I said, sorry, I can't. <laughs> I can't I'm on a bit sure. illusion because I'm doing some shows coming up. So they did the song, of course. And it's, uh, it is weird. Of course, they point me out in the audience and they say, well, there he is, the guy that wrote it, blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I... I, I I, I, I enjoy being involved with it still, and not ju- not from the po- point of fact. I mean, people go, "Ooh, that's a bit of a jerky thing to say that you you, you know you're showing off a little bit." It's not for me showing. I I'm not scared of showing my face in places just because I've had a, a three hit records. Right. I, I I'll go to places and watch bands, and I'm, you know, if they they want to say hi, Clive or whatever, and do my song, I'm cool with it. You know, I'm not I'm not going to jump up and down. I, I blush more than I jump up and down sure. about it. You know, it's it's a little bit embarrassing, but. I, I do enjoy it, and, and they do a great job of the song, and you know I can't fault it. Right, it's 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 a song with their interpretations. That what that's what I like about your Kickstarter. Exactly. It's a reinterpretation of the music, you know, with yeah. with a modern twist to it. So make sure you guys go to Kickstarter.com. You could search for EDM Project uh, Clive Farrington. It's all right there. He's looking for funds. Help him out. He's one of my good friends. So if you're a fan of this show. Support Clive Farrington. Clive, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Steve, can I just give a shout out to Relentless in the UK? They're they're, um, they're a, a, an EDM outfit in the UK that I work with. They were they were Mark Hall, who's part of, and um, Lewis mm-hmm. Jenkins is the, is the, is the guy uh, his partner in uh, a, a, an outfit called Relentless. They do EDM tunes, and uh, I worked with them when uh, when Mark was with Graham Turner in a band called Flip and Phil, who had a few hits back in the 90s. Right. Uh, Google and Wikipedia, and they've had a load of hits. Uh, they're actually doing stuff at the moment. They're going to be involved with this project, the EDM project. They're going to be my uh, UK uh, part Fantastic. of this. Fantastic. Um, so um, I just want to wish them well and say hello from USA. I know they're listening. Hi, Mark. Hi, Lewis. Hi, Helen. Helen Greg is their manager, so hi, Helen. 
That is awesome, and I think they should EDM me. Take some of my uh, <laughs> my stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. The invisible, <laughs> an invisible EDM remix by Mark Hall and Lewis Jenkins would be fantastic. That I'm, absolutely would be. Clive, yeah. let's play where it all started. You are always welcome back on the show, my friend. Thank you so much, Steve, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. This is where it all began for Clive Farrington, when in Rome. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.